Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, and welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney, and I'm super passionate about moving and thinking. On this show, we are going to dive into all things health, fitness, personal development, lifestyle, and political sociocultural. I've always been fascinated by people and I love learning from the experiences and stories of others. This has been a treat for me and I hope this is enjoyable and useful for you. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or any way that I can make this a better experience for you, please don't hesitate to reach out. Hello, welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I am here today with Dr. Lee Merritt. She's an orthopedic surgeon, but she is also a medical rebel who speaks dangerous truths. And we're <laughs> going to talk about some of that today. Um, how are you doing today? Hey, good, good. Well, thanks. You got me out of the middle of the uh, the storm. You know what kind of storm I've been in. So, Oh, I, I know all about it. Yeah. So I, I think we should also add to your title that you are now part of the alternative media and you are really taking on... I, I think more of a brave role than a lot of people actually. Oh, thanks. You know, I actually space. kind of am excited about being part of the alternative media. I never thought that would be my role in life, but <laughs> this is how, this is what's going to make a difference. I mean, any, you know, I've decided there are two types of people in the world. Now there are people that sit back and let the world thinks that somebody's going to educate them. They're going to tell them what's going on. I'll sit, yeah. I'll get my, I'll get my steak dinner out and I'll sit and watch the news, even Fox. I'll just let yeah. it happen. If you, and then there are people who actively seek out truth and you can't be the former. If you just sit there and wait for somebody to passively tell you things, you're just waiting for the intelligence services to show up. That's totally. the one we're in. That's why I changed my background. I started out with, um, I started out with DNA right. and then I said, oh, maybe it's not DNA. Maybe it's trans, maybe it's um, a wavelength. So then I had a little wavelength little thing and then I've gotten so it's just <laughs> It's been come, come so confusing. I thought, no, no, I'm just going to go to the information war background, the matrix. So it, it's really, that's what we're in. That's the primary problem in that. In that, And I'll tell you, here's the other thing that I've learned, and, and you and I have talked about it, about the whole issue of the occult. Occult yeah. just means hidden. But mm -hmm. the, the people that are doing this are what they call dark occultists. They're people yep. that have studied how to hide knowledge from other people. That was the Tavistock Institute. It's yep. how to control. They, they learned about our psychology and they have knowledge and they have technology that is so far beyond ours. So if you think about knowledge as a bullseye, you know, like a dartboard, they're in the bullseye. We're on the outer ring and you and I might have crept into maybe one ring in and the rest of the people that are just watching the news passively are on that outer ring, but we're not anywhere near that center bullseye. And we're just kind of like creeping around like a blind caterpillar on that dartboard trying to figure out what the truth is. And while that's happening, people are throwing darts at us. That's the problem. Totally. That's so true. That that That's such a good analogy. Um, I think about, you know, certainly the Matrix is a more modern reference, but I think Plato's dividing line, you know, which really was the genesis of the Hegelian dialectic. Right. Which, you know, and that is how they their warfare, uh, their political warfare tactics work. But I think it is kind of like, the, you know, it's the uh, allegory of the cave. 
you, you don't know if you're, yeah, you're looking you at the shadows you're yeah yeah trying to go through a cave with a flashlight you know instead totally. of having actual equipment yeah and and you know the point about the divide and conquer you're exactly right i tell people listen one of the things you need to do is stop working for the psychopaths in charge these paras they are they're literally they're not very many of them compared to us we really you've heard that guy i love that song we are the 99 percent. but anyway <laughs> We are the 99.99%. These people yeah. are the 0 0.01 or 0.001%. They're not very many of them. You know, uh, Gladfelter in 2011 showed that 82% uh, of the corporate, I think it was 82% of the corporate wealth of the world, it was some big number like that, was yeah. controlled by 100, he said by 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 uh, 47 corporations, but then Forbes and some other people on Wall Street looked at those, he, he, did, he was, Gladfelder was in Switzerland and used a supercomputer, took the 37 million corporations in the world and found out they're all really down to 47 companies. But then Forbes right. said, oh, well, if you know, if you know how, actually those 47 companies are owned by 10 hedge funds. And then some other guy on Wall Street said, well, if you know about hedge funds, those are really controlled by four big banking firms and they are in control, or they're controlled by 150 men. Apparently women need not apply. So about 150 mm -hmm. men ostensibly have the corporate wealth of 82% of the world in their pocket. And I heard more recently that it's about, it is about 99% or 98% of the world is held by a group that's not very big. And the rest of the whole world, the yeah. eight and a half billion of us basically are scrabbling for that last maybe 15% or 10%. That wow. that's really the way the world works. And so yeah. unfortunately, but, but here's the thing. So that's the yeah. scary part, but the good thing is they don't do anything. You know, right. they use their words and they use their money. Yes. But they're not took to, they don't use a shovel. They don't fire a weapon. They're mm -hmm. not waging war. Do you think their kids or them go out on a battlefield? Oh, hell <laughs> no. no. <laughs> you know, no. no, but they get us to fight each other. That is yeah. their major. You're right. That is their major goal that, you know, the Hegelian yeah dialectic and the, the the divide and conquer strategy yep and the the three you know the trinity that that i always say they worship and he starts with the word they deceive distort right and then they divide and conquer and then they destroy which creates chaos and it's a breeding ground for usurpation and then they right. kind of control yeah so let's let's talk a little bit about the the storm that you're in so we've oh, yeah. gone through yeah um, I do want to add also you you brought up Tavistock and I'm really I'm going through right now trying to connect the dots to and I, I'm starting to find them with uh, the dark occultists. Like, I mean, we certainly know the financing cool. behind it, but we're like literally to some of the dark occult movements and right. uh, oh, societies. Yeah, and, Tavistock, like that. and that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like connecting dots. But there seems to be some evidence that that's pretty clear. But yeah, so we last time we talked about, uh, you know, the virus uh, lie. And, uh, you know, that one's a really, you know, personally for me, that one's a really, really hard one for me to swallow. Um, and I think for a lot of people just intellectually, but I the motive is certainly very clear. You know, they can't push right. all of these uh, pharmaceuticals if there isn't some, you know, contagious. Oh, yeah, you the virus. yeah. You know, so, you know, we definitely see the motive behind it. But I think that one of the things that I have a real issue with is that, and I have this issue with both sides, and this is because this is how the dialectic is played, is right. that there's so much we don't know. And people want so much to uh, glob onto some sort of certainty. And so if if one thing is false, then the converse must be true. And I think that you know yeah. the reality is a little bit more murky More complicated. It's much right. more complicated than that. 
So what we're seeing now is uh, we've got these people in, uh, you know, it's like the germ theory versus the terrain theory. And so both sides are pretty sure they've found kind of the answer. That's kind of, and right. so they're, they're fighting against each other. Um, you recently bought on uh, per, Perina, I never say her Pernima, name. Pernima, Pernima Wong. Yeah. Pernima <laughs> Wong. <laughs> uh, yeah. for took me a while, I had to ask her a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, Pernima Wong. Okay, I think I got it. So you brought her on for an interview, which was a very interesting interview. And I think, you know, this is one of the things I keep trying to point out is that be really careful about trying to discredit a source. You know, if people spent more time analyzing information, I think we'd be in a different, very different place today. Yeah. People, right. People want to glorify and vilify sources instead of looking at the information there, because like even a broken clock is right twice a day. Right. right and, right. Even, you know, right. And the most, right. you know, the most profound, the most brilliant, uh, the most expertise uh, people and sources can still be wrong. So if people were to really adjudicate the information put forth, I think we'd be in a very different world. But that being said, that's not the world we seem to live in. So um, so she was saying a lot of the things that a lot of the terrain theory people say. And so you would think that that would be a great uh, championing uh, voice. But there they seem to be going after some of the credentials that don't seem to be... Uh, verifiable uh right and right and i and i get that i mean sure. you know and, and that and so if this had been a medical meeting yeah. that 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 she was involved in or she was she was putting her paper forward for publication sure you know all those things then theoretically at some point you have to you know put forth your credentials but sure. but this isn't that this was just and and before i had her on i just i just had her I called her up. I said, let's talk on the phone. I do that. You know, I mean, we knew each other before we, you know, you just don't take somebody cold and, and, and interview them usually. But anyway, um, I talked to her for two hours and I walked away from that saying, okay, you know, she popped up on the internet. I, you know, and I'd never heard of her before, but let me tell you, when you talk to her, she's got a depth of knowledge that you don't get in college. And I don't think you could make up my experience Mm -hmm. in talking to people is, you just can only keep so much of a lie going, you know, I mean, there, there are some in silico people here, I think roving among us that tell us things that, that if you have them though, on a panel or you are there so you could question them about things, they can tell you a good story, but they can't go down. They can't keep answering your questions. You know, they run out of, they run out of their depth because this isn't really, they've been given a script, but they're not really, you know, the real level scientist. No, she doesn't act like that no matter what you ask her, she goes down and she explains what she knows about it in detail. So mm-hmm. I got to tell you, honestly, if she's a fraud at that, if she's a fraud about her knowledge and her, right. her what she's done in her life, I told somebody, I will eat my textbook of Harrison's. It's not very useful anyway. <laughs> Harrison's <laughs> book, textbook of internal medicine. It's not very useful anyway. I, I don't think that's the fraud. Now, that being said, one of the, the, this starts out, one of the things that people say is that she lists having two PhDs. She never told me that. Here's mm-hmm. what she told me. So I'm mm-hmm. just going on what she told me. And again, I don't have a, I don't have a staff, let alone a, 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 a you know, a, a private investigator. So I didn't <laughs> go through this whole thing. And it's not always yeah. that easy to get credentials, but no. especially from overseas. But yeah. so when, but she told me that she trained at the London School of Tropical Medicine 
in mm-hmm. virology that she did not and not just virology but you know microbiology whatever it is and mm-hmm. she did research in malaria and i can't remember all the details about her her phd pro, pro, um thing but she Dang. said they did not like my conclusions when i went to mm-hmm. do the dissertation which is that yeah. usually you, you you know you do your basic research you do coursework you write papers you do research mm-hmm. and then you do a dissertation and then you have to defend your dissertation. Yeah. And I understand that she Usually, got to the point yeah. of at review least, of the it, literature and then you do right. the field study. Yeah. Right. And then you Either she, it. Yeah. yeah. And so she did this research on malaria. I don't know if she wrote her dissertation or, and, and they wouldn't accept it or they right. didn't accept her oral defense at some point. Gotcha. And, and her comment to me was, I had a job. And so I left it with them. I said, I think she must have done her dissertation because she said to me, I, I did. You know, I left it within their hands. I didn't really care. I just said, you guys decide what you want to do, but I have to go back to America. So that's what she did. So I don't know that she ever got her PhD. And the and the stuff that I've seen on on the on that I've seen now, somebody can yeah. correct me on this. I'm not, but it doesn't really matter that much to me, to be very honest. I never, yeah. she never told me she had a PhD. So even if she doesn't, she never lied to me. Okay. Right, right. If she lied to somebody else, you take it up with her. But in my opinion. I think it's probably uh, uh, people have assumed certain things. And if you look at the slides that somebody put out, that was produced by somebody else that took her mm-hmm. information, took her slides and made a little thing for her. Sure. She doesn't have a website. You know, she's not on the talking circuit. She's not in the alternative media. She doesn't have a website. She's mm-hmm. as far as, as I know, she's not being promoted by anybody. She's not pushed out there. Mm-hmm. She sought out a little bit of, you know, she, this one guy made this little video that got up there and caused this whole storm. Now, what is she actually saying? She's basically saying that she was in a lab where she had a rather independent thinking, um, senior investigator, the, the primary right. investigator years ago in California. And mm-hmm. they looked at San, San Joaquin uh, Valley fever, which mm-hmm. I knew something about because I did my first year of orthopedic training in Oakland, California Naval Hospital. And we had people with, with what we thought was coccidiomycosis. So we had a good talk about that, about this, mm-hmm. not just being a lie about viruses, but about how we do with a lot of things. And And one of the things she said is one of the graduate students in their lab at the time said, they were told by the farmers they used methyl bromide and methyl bromide could have been a toxin that caused those symptoms and the lesions that we saw. And that, and, and, and then we talked about, well, how do the labs misinterpret this stuff? And she explained mm-hmm. that to me, but honestly, I'm not a lab person. Mm-hmm. So I kind of got it, but I, you know, not enough to debate that. Right. Right. Sure. But what she did say, she said that she and and 18 labs around the con- the world have looked okay. at the 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 contents of the vaccine and sure. they can't find any genetic material and she told that us that was mind blowing that's the mind blowing part now they all she also said that when she got they had all these specimens and they had a grant and they had all these specimens and they looked at now i didn't think about this you, somebody could take the time and go into the nih grants they should be able to find this although it's just like the VAERS data. Everything's getting jigged. So absence of evidence is not absence of evidence. Right, you know I mean? right. That's the problem we're in right no. now. So um, so anyway, so she said that they they looked at all these specimens of people that had lung, it was lung specimens from people that had tested positive for COVID and they couldn't find anything that registered as SARS-CoV-2. Right. Now they did find some genetic material in those, but it was like cell, human cellular stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, one of the things that I think is is a good point that Thomas Cowan makes, and I listened to a great lecture on his on their little private chat that they have every week, and it it was about how how do we know things? 
-hmm. And one of the things he was talking actually about DNA. Now, you know, most of us think DNA is just a, you know, boom, slam dunk. It's a done deal. Yes. Do we have DNA? We know it's a double strand. We Seems but like it might not be. It <laughs> might not be. I mean, again, everything, every time you turn over a rock, there are questions. Now, part of that is science. I think science mm -hmm. should be that way that, yeah. you know, even Einstein. Okay. What are we finding out that Einstein may not have, have paid attention to the mathematics of Maxwell, you know, that actually Tesla did. And it's a whole different universe when you do that. So everybody's got these weird things going on. And that is, that's called progress. Yeah. So some of the, but what he made, the point that he made that I think yeah. though is, the, is the key to going forward is if you don't know how something was proven, mm -hmm. then it, you can't, you can't know that it was proven. You right. have to understand, you know, if, if somebody tells me, um, you know, well, so, but so-and-so had COVID, what do we ask him? We say, well, what's COVID? How do you know that? Mm -hmm. And when you really look at how you prove it, it's circular. It's, oh, well, there's a test for it, but the test is based on isolation and the isolation is based on a test, the PCR right. test. So it's all, it's all kind of, you know, there's a lot of that going around. So I think the, the bottom line here is, is it, I asked her, I said, how do you, how did you know, how do you know that there's no genetic material in there? And she mm -hmm. went through in grim detail, which again, not being a lab person, I can only go so far in the discussion. You can watch her video, but, but mm -hmm. it's basically two things that they did. They did um, electro, a gel electrophoresis with, which does centrifugation in a gel with a charge. Mm -hmm. And basically, I guess the charge, when you charge the gel, then certain um, molecules move across that auger gel in different speeds and different distances. Right. And so it has to do with molecular size. It has to do with molecular charge. And when you add those two together, it makes kind of a, a, a grid and things segment out. So DNA segments somewhere and RNA segments somewhere, and then you can sample that segment. Okay. That's, that's okay. what I understand. And that's old. I mean, that's been around for a long time. So that's not novel technology. We've had that. I think we had that when I was in medical school even. Um, and that was a long time ago in the seventies. Well, the next thing she said was then they used what's called Raman uh, spect spectroscopy, named mm -hmm. for an Indian guy uh, whose last name was Raman. And anyway, again, it looks at the peculiar wavelength of the molecular structure. And it, and if you look at a cell that's in my, uh, you know, that's separating, that's in meiosis or mitosis, mm -hmm. um, and you see that, the, I think it's meiosis, the, where, the, where you see that classic picture where the, the genetic material is separating, the nucleus mm -hmm. is separating, Okay. And you use this spectroscopy and you do it with certain fluorescent staining and things, you can see the genetic center of that cell. Now, you don't see all the details. You can, it doesn't look right. like the little chromosomes you see on electron microscopy or on, on x-ray or on microscopy, but you can see that it's there. So I kind of think that if that's what they did and that's possible mm -hmm. and now we're seeing the germans came out you know forgetting her credentials for a second now we've got a german lab coming out and saying essentially what she said that there are three things in the vaccine that there is it's a hydrogel base it's a it's got um reduced graphene oxide and i asked how do you know it's reduced and that again it it shows up differently on those two tests from oxidized graphene oxide you know so if it doesn't have the hydroxyl group it shows up somewhere and then the third thing was um, it had a bunch of weird metals. There are all sorts of metal, like scrap right. metals in there. It's like a junkyard. So now here's the question. So what we're hearing now, I talked to Karen Kingston about that point. And, and her comment was, which is a, is a good question to bring up. 
Mm -hmm. um, she said, well, you know, I think it's Pfizer because she was with Pfizer. I think she, mm -hmm. Pfizer says that if you don't have it under cryogenic cooling, that'll disappear, that the, the genetic material, poof, just isn't there. Now, I have a little problem with that, too. When I <laughs> After I hung up with her, I thought, no, wait a minute. Are you telling me all this forensic DNA's nonsense? We get the dead body out of the, right. you know, find it in the canal, and we take it and we do DNA analysis to try and figure out. Hair is dead, and they do DNA analysis hair, yeah. on hair all the well, time. Well, if I can't remember her, she writes. She writes all these murder mysteries, but she wrote. A, she actually is a. Gosh, she used to work as a as a as a person at pathology lab. I'll mm -hmm. think of it here in a minute. She's a famous okay. author and okay. writes, writes hey, novels, yeah. write, writes murder sure. mystery novels. Uh, when I was on call in orthopedics years ago, I used to be not be able to get back to sleep after, you know, dealing with the, the two o'clock bar fight and the broken bones. So I used to read all this junk. But anyway, and that that helped you sleep. <laughs> yeah, I got back to sleep. Yeah. But she but she wrote an interesting book on who actually was the uh, the oh the famous murderer, the 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 serial killer. Um, not the Haymarket Strangler. It was the uh, uh, the guy in Britain, in London, that used to kill oh. all these women. There's a name for him. Okay. Oh, you know it. I mean, I'm just having oh. a brain blackout here. But anyway, it's, it's it's the famous guy who the London the London the Ripper Jack the, oh, the Ripper. Ripper. Okay. Oh, Jack, Jack the Ripper. Ripper. Obviously, and they yeah. never, okay. <laughs> Up until recently, they never said. They always said, "Well, we don't know who it is." And they had all these theories that it was uh -huh. one of the royals, and it was they, they, people had all these theories, but we didn't have any okay. proof. So she actually this was kind of interesting. She has a whole book about this and she went and it's not, this doesn't kill the punchline because it's the reading the book is the point. It's really interesting how they did all this, but she essentially went to Scotland Yard and she said, have you guys, you still have evidence from the Ripper murders, right? And so she's been writing all this book. She knows about homicide investigation. She said, have you used modern techniques? And it turns out they hadn't thought to do that, I guess. And so she said, it turns out they still had a hairbrush that was purportedly the rippers or they're or right. purportedly no they had a hairbrush from one of the people they had a bunch of people they'd kind of thought might be and they had a hairbrush and then they had a specimens from several victims i guess and it turned out that they were able to get dna from the follicle or whatever in this hairbrush and they matched it and they came out with who jack the ripper is should i tell you <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was an art student of whistler it was a it was a well-known artist can't think of his name but he was a whistler student and uh yeah wow and, <laughs> yeah so it wasn't one of the royals that would they thought of right, right. Sure. connections he he hung with that crowd so it was a, it's an interesting book but the point is if you're telling if pfizer is telling us that this genetic material just goes poof yeah oh, okay so then either they're unless lying. it maybe if it's synthetic genetic material well that's what i was gonna say so either okay <laughs> <laughs> or they programmed it to do that. Right. Or, you know, because it's synthetic. I mean, yeah. it's not real. It's not real stuff. But but if we're told that it's it's going to produce, it's going to go through our ribosomes and produce our protein structures, mm -hmm. then I kind of have a hard time believing it's that synthetic that it's go not going to exist. I mean, right. you know, there's something wrong. So the whole story is a little bit wonky. Now, I will say this. What bothers me in this whole thing, in my big picture, this is my... My kids taught me about um, TLDR. Too long did not. <laughs> I get it all the time. I'm always for sending people, things, uh, and yeah, then I get sub, that all the my, time. My pseudo sub stacks are always too long. I'm writing one now on uh, medical boards. Are they committing acts of terrorism? But anyway, it's going to be long. That's almost done. But uh, but yeah, no, that you know, this is the TDRL of uh, or TLDR of of the whole picture here is that I am when something like this gets stirred up. That sounds a lot like a tempest in a teapot. 
I, I'm kind of with you. To me, this sounds like there's somebody stirring it up. In other words, this what should have happened here? Well, what should have happened here is some people should have come on the scene and said, hey, you know, we talked to her and and um, either we agree or don't agree. Mm-hmm. Or we tried to come up with her credentials and couldn't do it. What's up? And then they right. just waited. You know, first of all, I come from small town you know, America, where people know all their neighbors, and we're just nice to people. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can go after people and, and are mean to them. The first thing I do is kind of give them a benefit of the doubt. Right. So, in, so my point to her was, if you want to make this go away, just show us something. Show us either, yeah. I'll help you publish the paper. I offered to help her publish the paper. Yeah. Or you know, show us some credentials just to put this at rest. Now, and the other side I will say is that when somebody tells me they were told she didn't get a degree from them, like I say, she didn't tell me she got a degree. She told me she was a virologist. I believe that. But that doesn't mean, you know, there are generations of orthopedic surgeons that were not board certified because we didn't, it it wasn't a big deal. You know, Um, my friend from the Navy who got out of the Navy and became an electrical engineer, six months shy of getting the actual degree, got a huge job with a belt with not a beltway bandit, but with a defense contractor making big bucks doing guidance uh, design for peacekeeper missiles. I mean, he was acting like an electrical engineer. He was an electrical engineer, but he didn't have the degree. So the degree is not everything. It's do you know what you're doing? And I will say, though, as someone who I've done a lot of credentialing, for having to get my own records okay, and having to get other doctors records. Okay. And I know something about that. One of the things is if you want to go to where somebody got an advanced degree, like a medical degree or PhD or whatever, you don't go to the office of public relations. Why are they the ones responding? There's something (laughs) wonky there too. No, you go to the registrar's office. Of course. Yeah. The registrar can't give it out to just anybody of course okay uh, to get my own to actually get my own i had to pay the money and put yep. it on a form <laughs> you know just to get so, my college like stuff right. i'd have to I mean, yeah I mean, there's all this privacy stuff that they put on there probably it's overkill but nonetheless that's the way it is yeah so the fact they couldn't get it from there um and and notice what the pr office though did say the public relations or whatever it is office at the london school they said we have no one of that name with a degree from here well if she didn't get a degree doesn't mean she didn't study there didn't mean she didn't yeah. do graduate studies there okay we don't know that I, i'm gonna be honest that's what i think we are and i think yeah. that this whole thing i think that we ought to just let it rest for a while yeah and i'm gonna try and con- convince her to help me help her publish the, the data because other labs are coming out either you publish it now the problem here's the problem too and this is a legitimate concern that she yeah. had when she talked to me and that is that if you've submitted your paper somewhere and they apparently have submitted it to some over to danish science because they couldn't get anybody to publish here which right. makes sense are you right. kidding me that all the publications here are owned by big pharma they're not going to publish no. this. Keep in mind. So yeah. to get it published, you're either going to have to do it independently, like these, like um, uh, the people in Almeria, Spain, or whatever the uh, what that group. Oh yeah, um, La Comna. That yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so either you're going to have to just put it out yourself on the internet and forget getting professional recognition for it, sure. or you're going to find an overseas journal, and there are overseas journals you can find that will publish it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think maybe we can get her into an American journal, but we need to, but if not, you know, we could just all the alternative media, we could think what it would happen to it if we put it all out. Sure. So 
you know, I think there's options and then we should just wait till the dust settles out here a little bit. But one of the problems too is that um, over 180 million pounds are paid into that school, the London school from the Gates Foundation, the Wellcome Trust and the United Kingdom for research. And you know, they don't pay you for research that doesn't show about viruses or doesn't go along with the narrative. I mean, okay. I, you know, I published, I, I did, I did postgraduate study and I taught at the university and I published something. Now I wasn't a major professor. I just did my, my fellowship, but you had to teach, you had to publish, you had to do things. And I've published papers, but the problem I can tell you is it's not easy if you if you have something new and I wasn't going against some big deal, but I had a, a way of, uh, you know, doing a spinal fusion. I presented it at the North American Spine Society one year and I got it into a chapter in a book, but I couldn't get a paper published about it right. because it was so it was a little different than what they were doing. And it wasn't what the big boys at the university were doing. And even though I was doing all these cases and had a big series, they wouldn't publish it. And, um, and, and, and I literally got one of the rejections was some guy wrote a one line rejection. One guy said, publish it. And then it, there were three people. This is the way it works. It's peer review. Yeah, I was it's just like going to ask about that. Yeah. Your it's thoughts on that. theory. You know, that three guys decide your fate of this knowledge, right? Instead of publishing things that aren't too wonky, just publish it and let the doctors decide this is true or not. Because what we actually do just to say what we actually do is we go to these meetings and you don't get these things published necessarily, but you, you present them. And then somebody on the audience says, like, like a friend of mine leaned over my son came with me one time to a meeting and, we're, and my friend leans over to him and said, this is a lecture by us about a procedure that is soon to be discredited. Okay. You know, <laughs> and I was, you know, when you hear this stuff that it doesn't make sense or it kind of does make sense. And then okay. you, you pursue it further well this guy this guy this one of these reviewers wrote a one-line rejection that said everyone knows you can't do that <laughs> what i just showed i did it in like 76 cases sequentially anyway and and now people are doing it okay so this is just nonsense but the problem is is that I, there's just a lot of moving parts here and i my my bottom the 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 i here i did the long i didn't do the tldr the tldr <laughs> is I think it's suspicious when you have this kind of a fist fight in a sandbox and there's no clear benefit to any of the parties. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just distraction. So I don't, you know, the people I've talked to and that have contacted me, I'm not, I don't think that, you know, those guys started this, but somebody put this bug out there. Right. And I just wonder where it did get started because I just don't think this is the way to have gone about it. And I don't know. It makes me think that she's over the target. You know, when you're catching a bunch of flack, you're over a target usually. Sure. You know, well, I mean, okay. I've definitely done a lot of studying because I've studied, you know, Tavistock and I've really gone down the, the cognitive infiltration. And yeah. I, I'm not saying that, you know, I know a lot of these people who are very upset and I don't necessarily think they are, but to me, the result looks the same because that's the, that's the purpose. It. When the result looks the same, you got to back up. It's just like Dr. Cowan says, if you don't know how it was proven, right. you don't know. If you don't know how you got here, how did we get here? You see, we yeah. need to be looking back in the in behind the curtain. Let's find that guy behind the curtain that just blew the smoke up everybody. You know, yeah. I think there's somebody and, I, and I'm not saying I know who it is. I'm just saying it's out there maybe because but and now I'm somebody put out that they thought I was a, uh, what do you call it? Controlled opposition. I'll tell you something about controlled opposition. Yeah. I want to talk about that. <laughs> if you want to find people that you suspect of controlled opposition, they've, or, or just 
kind of the not they're not they're the in silico people mm-hmm. number one they're making big money doing that somebody's mm-hmm. paying them trust me come look at my bank account you know i lost not only did i lose my orthopedic contract standing up against the mask mandate but i've had um stripe paypal and uh what's the other one square all demonetize me, tell me I was a dangerous business. And this wasn't about this alternative media business. This was when I was just speaking about the masks and doing my little tattoo removal laser job in Omaha, Nebraska. You know, I'm retired pretty much from orthopedics before this. I was part-time, had a little contract. It just made a little few shekels. But I had this other business. I still have this other business, which is a really good business, does all these laser services. Mm -hmm. And one of the big ones we do, we have a $360,000 laser it's the world's best laser to remove tattoos and what happens is one day after six years of doing this with no problems with these with these companies i'm a dangerous business and nobody will talk to us now trust me that's not being the the controlled opposition doesn't have these happen okay no (laughs) they 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 pretend to come after you but they don't do things that are really financially devastating and, and devastating to you they're not murdering the controlled opposition hopefully they won't murder me either but the point, the point I'm saying here is, yeah, the, the point I'm saying here is, is that if you want to look at those people, look for people that are very personable, that come off really, they're very smooth, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not, <laughs> Slick you know, I'm not that particular, I may be in the alternative media, but I don't pretend to be that smooth yet. I'm learning. Okay. But, but there, I think and, you're learning pretty quickly, but yeah, no, well, I, I know they, what you're getting at. You know what I'm saying? And, yes. and something's not right. Now, if you want to look into backgrounds, I tried to check Tony Fauci's background just because mm-hmm. this started to come up, not about her. This was a long time ago. Sure. And, and this is probably going to change. I think you can fake anything. Yeah. Um, he does have a medical, there is a medical license for an Anthony Fauci in Virginia or Maryland or someplace that goes along with him being at the NIH. But he claims, and I looked up the dates and everything, he claims he went from these two dates to Cornell Medical School and graduated. I didn't check that. That may be true. But he also, the reason I didn't is because he also said he trained at Cornell medical Cornell University Hospital in in, presumably in internal medicine now the first thing to say is when you look at the dates that he started at the NIH and when he finished medical school he could not have finished a medical residency okay Uh, I mean I'm I'm, somebody needs to check my work here but my my looking at it just casually is he couldn't have finished a medical residency now I fell asleep right in front of Tony Fauci one time (laughs) in a yeah yeah, in a room of four people because I was at the Bethesda Naval Hospital now that was 1980 and he, I thought he was some big professor, you know, guy. Turns out, mm. according to the dates that we have, he was only one year out of his internship. He hadn't finished a residency. So they plucked him out of a residency that he did an internship with, because that's all you need to, to get a medical license and maybe one more year and put him at the NIH. That's a pretty odd thing. I've seen that happen one other time. That is with uh, Frederick Lamar, and it may, may have had more, but this is one I'm just aware of. Frederick Lamar Gates, Dr. Frederick Lamar Gates, who graduated from Yale, having gotten a um, uh, an undergraduate degree at Yale and winning the Adam White Award, which Adam White was a big skull and bones guy. And then, then Gates goes off to Johns Hopkins University and gets his medical degree. When World War I breaks out, he applies to, he, and he, uh, goes off to he decides to go off to war and he signs up with the medical corps of the army and his first job and trust me I was an army I after my internship I went out to the, the the naval you know fleet for two years you don't start with jobs like this his first job was he was at the Rockefeller Institute teaching 
Now, it just turns out he's behind the vaccines that may have caused the pandemic of 1918. But nonetheless, these kind of things. He related to Gates. Can't tell because his father is, it turns out we blame John D. Rockefeller for taking over medicine. But John D. was actually a home. He was kind of a holistic medicine advocate. But his right hand man Mm -hmm. was another Frederick Gates, the second or third. He changed that at some point. So it makes it a little hard. I, I couldn't follow it. Somebody mm-hmm. that can do ancestry maybe can look at that. But there was a Frederick Gates that was his right-hand man. And he was the guy that said, you know, you could do a lot of good in the world if you'd actually organize medicine. It's totally disorganized. So about 1905, he got John D to start looking at developing the rock. He, he's responsible for the Rockefeller Institute and the Rockefeller, um, what is a couple things that the, 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 the Flexner report was in 1910. Right. And then when the, yeah, the Flexner report and Flexner, interestingly, I looked at him too. He was, guess what? His, he was a vaccine researcher. Yeah. Sort of got all these guys were in vaccines. This is all about, so the vaccines are key here, but anyway, I'm just saying, so there, there, there's some interesting stuff here, but the other thing about Fauci is when I looked him up, now I was a, I was a medical student in Rochester, New York from 1976 to 80. You don't need a, a medical license for that. But then when I came back to do a fellowship in spine surgery at Strong Memorial in Rochester, I needed a license. It was 1989. Mm. So from 1989 to 90, I was working as a physician. I was on staff as an associate professor. That's what they make you. And I did my spine fellowship. I was a board certified orthopedic surgeon at that point. Mm-hmm. They, I, they still have my license on record. And when I got it, there were no, it was not a computerized system. So you can't say it was, I looked up Fauci. He didn't have a medical license in the state of New York that I can find. Now you should have had one. He had to have had one if he really did any, any time in Cornell at a right. residency. What's going wow. on? Here? You see, so it, yeah, there's it's there's some point in looking up. I don't, I get that, sure. okay. But sure. she doesn't have the kind of credentials that are easy to get at, even if she's being completely honest. I mean, that's just the way it is. PhDs, you got to find their thesis and you got to find where they did it and blah blah blah. But anyway, so I'm hoping it all comes out and all sorts out. But in the meantime, we're left with what's going on if there's really no genetic material in these vaccines. Yeah. Now, the Germans have just come out. There's a German lab just come out and said the same thing. Right. Yeah. What? So and so it's so I'll tell you the other the other part of this that bothers me. Mm-hmm. So w- one of the things that she said to me is she said they tell you they can do all this fancy genetic stuff, but they're really not. What they're that using, was fascinating. Too. Yeah, they're using oh a gene God. gun and they're using plasmids well we knew about we've known about plasmids for a long period of time mm-hmm. now after i got off the, the the interview and stuff i started looking around at this because i was really convinced that we were using the same technology here that they used the crispr kind of stuff that they were using okay. for doing stuff and she said they don't even use crispr for for um for gmo foods now i didn't follow that one down but i went to the okay. guy who has been kind of fingered as maybe being responsible if there's a bad genetic sequence in there. They said, well, there's a guy named Feng Zhang of the Zhang lab at MIT, and he might be the bad guy behind this genetic sequence. So I went to learn about Feng Zhang, right? I'm probably mm-hmm. mispronouncing his Chinese name. Well, it turns out, I mean, he looks like a nice young man, who knows? But he, <laughs> but he, he's, a, he's a really smart guy, obviously. Mm-hmm. He works, he's got his own MIT lab. Mm-hmm. And, but here's what he said, and his degree is in biological engineering which is an interesting term just right there. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be a biological engineer. That's a really, I'm not happy that we have those people, but anyway, <laughs> but when you actually look at what he did for his graduate thesis, the, this is easy to get to. He didn't, he didn't do CRISPR. He didn't cut and splice genes. He was, it was called optogenetics. And what it did was they showed how 
they could change genetic expression through light waves. Okay. They light waves change ion channels and they could change nerve function. I, and I'm not sure how it is. I think it's epigenetic. I'm, you know, I'm not sure mm -hmm. how that all works, but you know, that's a very highly specialized thing, but that was his thesis. And then you go to the very, the frequency of the light. Is that, yeah, yeah it's wave okay. wavelength frequency and it, and it alters things. Now, um, I've seen patents on that stuff. Right. So, oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and um, I, Corey Hills from EMF Sol, they have a whole thing on there on how to, you know, uh, uh, mitigate EMF. Mm -hmm. And they have a scientific basis for it. And they talk about subatomic or submolecular, um, what's it called? It's called, there's a name they have, chaos. It's talking, it's like sub submolecular chaos where it mm -hmm. has to do, or molecular chaos within the cell. I think there's a couple of right. reasons that EMF damages, but within the cell, it it these wavelengths open and close ion channels and calcium channels and things like that that dis disrupt the cell's metabolism. That's mm -hmm. why you get diabetes is one of those things that comes out when you suddenly are exposed to EMF frequencies. Well, when I looked at his site on the website, then I went to the Zhang lab and his website and it says about us. And it says, he actually has a statement on there that says, well, you know, when we talk about doing genetic engineering and this, it's not when we don't really have the ability to do precise insertion. Really, that's what we've been told is all this about. Yeah, it, it comes right out. You can read it yourself. You just go to the Zhang lab at MIT. It, it, we can't do precise insertion. What we really do is gene knockout. So they can drop out genes, but they can't really insert them the way we've been told. Right. And then he starts talking about wavelength. So I'm telling you, what what are we looking at here now? This this hydrogel that they claim is in here, um, I think Karen Kingston gave me a book chapter, and it's about genetic. It's called GE hydrogel. I think Carrie Made has talked about this too. Okay, hydrogel is the stuff that Charles Lieber gave us. You know, he's the guy from Harvard that got arrested for for. He had some patents on light frequency stuff, also. There you go. Light, so yeah. what if? I'm just saying, again, I don't have, I, I'm not, you know, this is, this is way above my pay grade about science, but at least I'm asking the questions. What if it isn't really, what if we've been led down like, like the magicians and like one of your Tavistock principles that you know about that you divert, you divert the attention of the population over here, but you're going to get them over here. Yeah. Okay. What if all this genetic stuff isn't the big deal? What right. if the genetic is kind of secondary to the wavelength, the frequency modulation, mm -hmm. the, all that stuff? And that is what we're talking about with the 5G roll-up that just you know, coincidentally happened right during the, the COVID thing. Now, it, it really, it, you know, it, it, again, you know, Wuhan was a test case. They, they announced Wuhan in October of 2019. When did Wuhan start breaking out? October of 2019 were the first cases and it was December when it really got rolling. Well, in December yeah. was when that hospital got 5G'd that, that Dr. Lee was in reporting from. So right. there's a, there's some information that makes it. And where did it go? Did it go to every little town? My little town? I've got some people got sick, but it wasn't dramatic. Right. It wasn't rural America, just like it wasn't in 1918. It was the cities. And if you're talking wavelength, that's what you would see. In 1918, it was the it wasn't the 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 big tough you know it was the it wasn't sorry it wasn't the scrawny city kids that were going right. down to Fort Riley Kansas and getting sick learning right. to be telegram operators they were suddenly because they had been exposed to electricity in the cities 
and they were just sitting under different electricity. It was these big, tough farm boys that shouldn't have gotten sick and gone down. They looked like the healthiest specimens. The doctors noted, I found this in a military archive, the doctors noted that those were the guys that were going down because they're coming from the hills of Tennessee or Nebraska or someplace where there was no electrification in 1917. Right. And they, in the country, only in the cities, and they go down into Fort Riley, Kansas, and they're surrounded by all this copper wire and all this tapping and these electromagnetic signals. So there's a lot of evidence that makes you think that they're diverting us maybe from the big, big deal here. And then right. the graphene oxide, okay? Now the hydrogel, again, the genetically engineered hydrogel, if that's the, if they can genetically do, if they can use that for genetic engineering, it may not be like this CRISPR idea that we can actually sequence all this stuff and put this right in there. It just may mm -hmm. be that it has epigenetic control, right? Of your DNA, we don't know. Uh, again, we're groping around blindly. And somebody with more science knowledge about this should be working on this, but we're not hearing from those people. Remember, the bioweaponers <laughs> never show up in these conversations. The guys that we've been paying with our, our tax dollars, our tax dollars. Since 1991, yeah, are not showing up. So, so there's that part. But there's also why the graphene oxide. It's a great conductor of electricity. It's an electron transport thing. And it's a, apparently I, I read on, I think one of these, uh, maybe it was Celeste Solom that got me to one of these website things, but it was like DARPA thing. And it, it's about nanobots, not nanotechnology. Yeah. And nanotechnology means terahertz, mm -hmm. you know, and this is, and, and, and we're talking gigahertz. So right. this, the, 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 apparently the graphene oxide can convert the two. I read that somewhere. So maybe that's what that's all about. Well, and it's also a conductor. So maybe it can I'm uh, intensify. Yeah. Okay. Right. It conducts, conducts charge and it can, it could feed these nanobots or feed a, an, a like Karimade has seen and other people, these, these people that are pulling these big clots that look like electrical wires in some ways. I mean, Mike Adams is doing some kind whole... of system. Yeah. Mike Adams got a bunch of stuff on that. And this, now they're showing all these pathologic specimens. It's really so he said that knows? there was no organic material, which would be aligned with what Purnima right. was saying. Yeah. Right. He, so he's that, saying that's what's in the supposed clots. Yeah. So PhD or no PhD, there's some truth here that seems to be consistent with what's happening around the world. And I think we should be focused on that right that, now. That's what I'd like people to pay attention to. What, <laughs> yeah, I do too. <laughs> I, right, I think judge we need the to get information, the, like whether this, or not she's a fraud. I mean, not that I'm advocating fraud, fraudulence, right. you know, but... But I would like to look at the information. And is there anything of value that needs to be addressed in what yeah. she's saying? And yeah, yeah. and and, and if we don't, I feel like they've won. If we right. just discredit her and don't look at the information, See, that's itself. what I think's happening here. Partly now, having said that, yeah. you know, now we're talking scientific debate. You do have to put your cards on the table, and sure. I really want to help her get the data out. I want yeah. to do that, so we're hoping for that. But in the meantime, let's look at what the Germans are saying. Let's look at what you know, Lakinta Columna is saying. Let's look mm -hmm. at these people. The guy from Peru that's talking about the nano mafia. There's a, the article about that. That's there's a lot of stuff out here that makes us think. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's and, and look at Merck. I thought Merck was getting out of the vaccine game because they they kind of maybe they developed a conscience in all this. No, they got out because they bought 
in-brain electronics or whatever that thing was called. And now they are working on the internet of brains, the of internet course. of bodies. They're going to yeah. hook us all up like the Borg. I mean, I think that's why like you all know out. her. You that's keep saying really going. Yeah. Let these you, guys you, go down. You've all know her. keeps saying it very publicly. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, that, it's like that. That's he says we're already there. He says it's not the goal. He says, you know, that that's actually what's already happening. I think when they tell us something exists, we're already 30, 40, 50 years down. I mean, keep in mind that and I'm, and I'm sure you've read this um, in your Tavistock hunt. But that thing about it's a, the book Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that was 1950s. And these people knew about metadata, they knew about computers, and they knew about barcodes. Come on now. I mean, in 1969, when I still was in high school and worked in a, in a little tiny grocery store, we were punching a, you know, a key for every digit of the price <laughs> yeah. and adding the tax in our head. And there was no yeah. computer strip. <laughs> that that was one of the documents i was like sh as soon as i read it i kept sharing around and everybody gave me the tldr and i was like oh, you yeah. really should read it <laughs> like, yeah, no you read that nothing was, else you know, the i said if this. you open that up there's all this calculus in the middle forget the calculus you don't yes. need to do integral calculus to, to read this book it just shows that they know that they're using they're using economic principles yeah to the the, the elect economic principles follow electro magnetic principles and they the circuit principles and they and they they use it to you know th it's like shocking the system when they change the gas mm -hmm. prices then they follow us and they talk about using barcodes they know exactly about our buying system because of the barcodes and because of computer oh credit cards they knew about credit cards who had a credit card in 1969 it was all cash yeah i mean uh, it was cash and checks right so it's yeah. it's i i really think that the truth here is going to be a lot crazier than we ever anticipate. And the, what we have to do is realize the people in, that are in charge of this, it was not, once you realize this was not about your health, that this is an extinction level event, that people are really trying to depopulate the world and change us from whom we are. Right. And that they, and that when they put these things up, see the thing, Oh, I'll tell you the other thing I learned. I, I don't know if I talked to you about this, about the Kosnacheyev effect. Kosnacheyev, this is the other thing is the Russians and the Germans know about this wavelength thing. They're far ahead of us. You know, anybody that looks into like they want to get into the rife technology and that kind of thing, but they go and search it. You find, Oh, the Germans have got these clinics about this. And the Russians have been researching this for years. Very hard to get to the literature though. A lot of it is behind paywalls or they're, you know, I got one, a nature article that's talking about how, Oh, the Russians were doing this, but everybody says it didn't work. It was discredited. But you don't have the institutional authority to what to read the paper. Wait, why? <laughs> if this is nonsense, Let's take your word for nonsense, it. But we're not going to let you read it. <laughs> okay, that's what I found when I'm researching this. But there was a guy named Kosnacheyev in the 20s and 30s, and he lived a good long life. He, I don't, I don't think he's alive now, but he, he, um, he basically looked at cells, and he showed that you can you can transfer disease electromagnetically so he took he took a tissue and a tissue is just a single type of cell like it's a muscle tissue it's muscle cells if it's skin tissue it's got skin cells and he divided it in two two blocks and he put some cells in one petri dish and other cells in another petri type dish and he connected them with an optical window so now you've got a, this whole system is outside the environment it's not environmentally it's not it's closed to the environment 
it's it's closed to each other except through an optical window. And then he poisoned the first set of cells. So side A, he poisons, and he could poison it with, he could do it with uh, um, uh, arsenic or mm -hmm. you know streptococci or some something that kills the cells or makes them sick. Um, radiation was one, and he did this thousands of times. This experiment. And then what he did is he'd look to see what happens to the sister cells over inside B. Right. Now, if there was glass, if the window between those two cells was two chambers was glass, nothing happened to cells in the side B, which is a good thing when you we hear what happens when it's not glass. When it was quartz, then after 12 hours, the cells inside B would start dying in the same pattern of the cells inside A, but they didn't have any poison. Right. So right. if he irradiated side A, side B would start dying of radiation sickness, point like with damage, but it, they weren't irradiated. If he put arsenic in there, they would start having, you know, or cyanide, they would start having metabolic damage consistent with that, but they didn't have any cyanide in their side. So what's going on? Yeah. So the Russians called them death photons because what's the difference between quartz and window glass? Well, quartz allows UV light and near UV light. Right. And so when when you're out in the open and let's and 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 let's keep in mind too that that these signals theoretically these wavelengths can be captured and they claim they did capture these wavelengths coming off these dying cells and they could use them for cancer prognosis okay so this is back in the 30s we've been saying we've been looking at cancer we're not care we don't care about cancer we just care uh -huh. about making money for for can on cancer patients um so it went to Germany, and in, in the 30s and 40s, the Germans were doing this research. And interestingly, guess the name of the lab where this really went and did it. You'll love this one. Marburg. Okay. Now, I've looked at Marburg. The 600 cases. Yeah, the, right. And so this is why when you say, yeah, the 600 cases or less, when you say that it's not a virus, this is why I'm saying it's not a virus. There's too many ways this could happen that isn't a virus, and we don't have proof of a virus, but we got proof of this. And they started looking at it. Who got sick with Marburg? It's basically lab people with two exceptions. And the two exceptions were people in that were, they were two groups of miners in Africa, not, not young children, but literally mm -hmm. cave miners, like gold miners and things like that in Africa. Now Africa's, these were in war-torn countries. So either, and, and after the, and it, those are the only people that have ever been sick with Marburg, except for the random person. Okay. There'd been a random person, but sometimes that random person is a Russian. And I said, okay, that's a bioweapon here. Or, you know, the random person is in the Marburg lab. And that's, so the first 36 yeah. or 31 cases were in the lab in Marburg. Now, yes, they were working with green monkeys, but was it really what we were told? You know, right. does it need to have a virus when you can do it with electromagnetic radiation? And let's, let's remember what Luc Montagnier showed that you can, take DNA, put it into a, into a, a vial of, of fluid mm -hmm. and, you know, shake it around and then dilute that until there's no DNA left, but there is still an electromagnetic signature of that DNA. You can capture it. You can broadcast it into another glass of amino acids and it will start forming the DNA of the parent dish. Okay. Uh, he did that literally sending the signal to his friend in Italy. So, right. This is what, and he got he got defunded for it. So did um, Jacques um, Benveniste, who in France he used to have this four thousand square foot lab in, in the big university. And when he told when he 
pointed out this this phenomenon that there was a, something left in the water that's electromagnetic signature left in the water of an immunoglobulin that had the properties of having the immunoglobulin he was then forced out and he was in a in a in a, in a trailer out on the back lot so this is what they do when you come across this information in the west wow. but i'm just saying now those people were looking at it for good things you know sure. and this is the basis of homeopathy that yeah. you take a very very small dilute thing and it actually can have a lot of potency because it has the memory of the drug in there. Right. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, completely, not completely right about yeah. that, but that's the idea. So now, but what if I said, okay, now what we're going to do is we are going to take the, um, the death photons and we're going to take that signature and we want to, you know, scare the heck out of people in New York City. So we're going to broadcast them through the 5G towers that we just put up. Let's just think about that. Yeah. And if we want a different disease in the future, we'll just take the death photons from that disease. Now, there's another term for that. It's also the mitogenic uh, um, mitogenic effect. ME, okay. ME, I think there's something ME. But anyway, so they know there's a electromagnetic okay. effects that come off of like, uh, you know, when a sperm and an egg come together, there's a little right. burst of energy that comes off and they can, ca they can capture it now, but what if they're capturing yeah, a disease? That's energy? fascinating. Yeah. That yeah. is the, that is the issue here. You don't need viruses. You just need ultimately, and ultimately your health and wellness goes down to your mitochondria. Your yeah. mitochondria create energy from the body and it's an electromagnetic thing. There's a electromagnetic process it's an electron transport chain that actually drives little tiny turbines in your mitochondria, just like Grand Coulee Dam, you know, but instead of water, we work on protons, on hydrogen ions. So it's a very cool system, but if you walk into an electromagnetic field, it damages that system. So this is what they're bringing us. And I think we need to start paying more attention to this. That's why, and the viral lie just keeps us going. Viral lie just keeps you down this idea of taking more and more of these toxins, these Man. poisons, and and um and going after it and i think it's interesting if you look at the history of medicine i mean go go way back it turns out what we're doing today is what used to be called in the 1800s they called it heroic medicine and mm -hmm. it's that's the pharmaceutical based practice you took you made up a tox a, you know like a an antitoxin or some kind of uh what do they call it not not you know the the, the arsenicals, things like that. They they were a lot of more poisonous. I mean, they knew they sure. were poisonous. They used mercury, they used arsenic, they used uh, all sorts of stuff. But and they and they had the idea that they the more potent, the more strong it was, the better, the better the drug. And they were killing a bunch of people. But that was kind of that was early medicine in the 1800s, especially in in Europe and America. Well, then there was a guy named Samuel Thompson who was a farmer initially, and he term and he he was credited with eclecticism we we learn about homeopathy which we mentioned but eclecticism was this idea you use botanical remedies steam baths and rest and he completely repudiated this whole <laughs> arsenal of heroic medicine so he attacked bleeding blistering and all these mineral poisons he called them instruments of death now what's that kind of sounds like what we're the same fight we're fighting today it does <laughs> But what the Rockefeller, the brilliance of the Rockefeller Institute takeover by Frederick Gates, no clear relationship to, to the current Gates, but what do you think? Anyway, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my money on it. It is, but I can't prove it. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I think I'm with you on that. Bet. <laughs> They're just all these things are too coincidental. But, but, you know, we're having the same discussion today that mm -hmm. we don't need all these things. But when they took over medicine, 
and licensed medicine and licensed yeah. medical schools yeah. and standardized and defunded naturopathic they, and right, holistic. They shut down all these things. They wouldn't. They wouldn't grant them. Um, they wouldn't grant them any kind of, uh, you know, imprimatur of, you know, yeah, you have a medical degree. We're not right. going to grant a medical degree if you came from those schools, only our schools. Yeah. That, and that's still the way it is. That's it's yeah, still the, the way it is. The yeah. The you know, the, yeah. The, the, the osteopathic schools at one point were asked by the AMA and the big powers in medicine to all get together and practice medicine together. Let's all be MDs. We need more medical schools. You got them. Just change your beliefs a little bit. <laughs> you know, I think I know, that's probably not the way they said it, but they said, we're not going to do it. If you keep doing this, you got to get out of this, you know, what you're doing and just take our pharmaceutical plan. I think that's what they probably said. And they wouldn't do it. The DO schools, you know, God love them said no. And uh, now they're, they're independent of that, but that's, but they're still under the licensing. So there's, they're getting stuck in this whole thing as we are, because this yeah. is, yeah, that's what's happening. So I, I have two questions I wanted to ask you about uh, one, when you were talking about the uh, graphene oxide. So I, I remember Dr. Andreas Nowak, do you remember him? Yeah. yeah. And he talked about the graphene hydroxide and how it acts like a razor blade in the cell. Yeah, I, I never believed that. And I'll tell Interesting. you why. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Now, I don't think, I'm not saying he didn't get murdered. I mean, he just looks like he got murdered, but that could have been his bookie. I don't know. You know, I'm just, I don't know the facts there either. That's yeah. one of those questions we don't know, but it's suspicious okay. and all this. Very. Um, but when that came out, I called a friend of mine, Bob Greska, whom I'm actually having on my um, tonight. I'm having him on my uh, Brighton show at six okay. o'clock Central. Yeah, Bob Greska. But anyway, Bob is a real nanocarbon chemist. He worked okay. did, doing research and development for the aeronautical engineering or mm. aeronautical um, industries for years. And and this is, he's the real deal. And so I, when I heard that whole story, I called up mm. Bob and I said, hey, do you hear about this Dr. Nowak? And he said, no. And I said, well, let me send you this video. Okay. And then I said, and I will just tell you this. This is what I told him ahead of time. I said, I, th I think he may have been murdered, but I think he's wrong about this razor blades because my understanding is he's, it, these things are so tiny. Graphene oxide, when it comes off, you know, as it's in the body and it's as it, you can make a big sheet of graphene oxide, but when you yeah. try to take it off the back backing of that, sh the, the, where you made it, it yeah. comes across at the nano size. You can't keep it together. So it is very, very, very tiny. It right. can't act like that. I mean, you could that's take why they love it in clothing because it's so right. pliable you can take and thin. 350,000 of these things and put it into a red blood cell. So, how does it act like a razor blade? It's kind of like, and I'll tell you another one that isn't right, yeah. I don't think. That was like when Dr. Huff and I, you know, again, Dr. Huff did a great job by showing about the D dimer, how these, these native, uh, the first peoples that he was taking care of in Canada were yeah. having all these clots. But then he says it's because the spike protein is sticking out in the arteries. Well, that's because they pictured in our, again, this is the viral light, that picture that they keep showing of SARS-CoV-2 that looks like a dryer like, ball. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a blue dryer ball, right? But it's burned into our consciousness now. And that's not true. That's just, you can produce that without any inoculum. That's what, that's what Stefan Lanka showed. So anyway, I talked to, I talked to Greska and that's what he did. He went, it took him 15 minutes. He called me back and he said, you know, I've looked into this guy's thesis. He got it right now. And he said, it's actually, he's a, he's a PhD in um, activated charcoal, not in nanochemistry, totally different things. So I don't, I don't agree with him either. And they said, but yeah, could have been murdered. Don't know about that. But so, <laughs> yeah. So 
you know, I know which just makes it interesting. So what was that all about? But yeah, what, what did they want that, to get rid of him for? Yeah. What again, else was he on to? See, I don't think it's by accident that we call it the spike protein. All okay. of these are psychological techniques. They know yeah. that pictures are worth a thousand words and that totally. pictures bur burn things in like a, like a, like a worm into your brain. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, so I can see, see that dryer ball. That, the image that. comes up. You hear spike protein and you think that blue dryer ball. Now, first of all, they're not even talking about the blue dryer ball. They're thinking about that tiny little speck, but, but, but you can produce that by the artifact of getting ready for an electron microscope look. You know, you have to put to ice, what they call isolation is not isolation. They put the inoculum into a, into a, into a thing of beef auger. So you got dead beef cells that have genetic material. You add hex cells, which are the human kidney culture cell line that are the cancer cell line. They've yeah. got genetic material. Then you add amphotericin and you add um, all these other antibiotics and things and you process it and you let it and you wait for cell lysis. So it kills it. You start seeing cells burst apart. And then you, then you try and find, you know, then you try and look at it and I don't know all the steps, but somehow you get down to where you're looking at under, and I, I did used to work in electron microscopic lab. You have to slice this very thin. You have to freeze it. You have to treat it with DMSO. I mean, it's just, there's all these steps and that produces artifact. Well, what's none Stephon of that is isolated. That, that's a right, like a right. Because <laughs> you've got all this other genetic junk and cells in there, right? But what Stefan Lanka showed is that even without putting any inoculum so they you know if you think it's the SARS-CoV-2 virus theoretically you put some lung goo from the SARS-CoV-2 patient there and that that's what's that's what's growing in there and creating this this picture but that but you can get the very same picture even if you don't inoculate the petri dish with anything that's the point here and what he also showed is if you use trypsin towards the end stage of your pre-electron microscopy work, you can produce this spike protein appearance, the dryer ball, what I call the dryer ball. You can produce these little, little things that look like that because of the way it dries this thing up. Right. And so there's a, so it's, it can be artifact. Uh, again, yeah. I'm not the person to really discuss that. You can, Andrew Kaufman knows that one cold and mm -hmm. Dr. Cowan, those guys know I have, that. I, 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 have, I haven't, yeah, yeah they I have, know all that. I have Kaufman coming on soon. Yeah. So, and so yeah. they can, they can discuss that. I mean, and they know all those steps, but I can just tell you if you don't need to, and I just know enough that if you don't need to inoculate it and you can develop that picture under an electron microscope, then we're not seeing something that's real. When you mm -hmm. see that little dryer ball, don't think you're seeing anything that's peculiar to SARS-CoV-2. You're seeing an artifact. Doesn't prove there's not viruses, but it's not that. <laughs> that's right, what I can right, say. Right. It's not that. Okay, whatever we're dealing with, it doesn't have to be that because that's just an artifact. So, uh, you know, the whole thing is is crazy. I, I I think that we have to drop back and say what has actually been proven yeah. and how has it been proven. And once, like Dr. Cowan says, once it's been proven, then we understand how it's been proven. He goes through this whole thing about DNA, and it comes down to I think it's kind of funny because you think of Area 51. It's photograph 51 by this woman, uh, Rosalind Franklin, I think her, Ro Rosalind, I think was her name, Franklin, who never got credit for it. That's the only part of the story I knew before this was that the female lab person that had actually done the, the work never got any credit. But what she actually did is she took this stuff that theoretically that they had said had genetic material in it, okay. desiccated it. Okay. So it gets, this is how you get out think about the potential artifact here. You completely dry it out. So it's like powder. Then it gets rehydrated and then you bombard it with x-ray radiation for 60 hours. And then, then, then you put it on, on a photographic plate and that's the picture that they got that showed, boom, the double helix. 
That's wow. it. That's our proof. <laughs> now, somebody that's a geneticist can come and say, I'm wrong about that. I'm just telling you what Kaufman said. I, But it, it when I tried to look it up, that's what I came up with too. So I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just saying there's a lot of stuff. So that raises the question is- and- and Watson and Crick, wait, apparently like- Right, that's not, how yeah. they got their information. They got they took her picture and then they made assumptions. If you look they at- They had his, a dream that like put this piece right. of this all together. I know that from my dream research. And, right, and, yeah. and they said, we've had it, we, we assume or we believe, these are the words in their definitions in their paper. And they said, we've assumed the angle between blah, blah, blah is 36 degrees. Well- that's what to make it work to be a double helix. They assume the angle between certain things. So I don't know. That I mean, doesn't it doesn't sound very scientific. It or... doesn't sound completely proven, but but <laughs> I got to say, for me, what mm-hmm. I what I the much as I can, I can't sort this out probably much further. But yeah. I kind of I think we do have genetic material because I think that there's evidence of. I mean, there's something that we can change and manipulate in a gross yeah. fashion whether or not we can yeah. do it it's, i'm not convinced right now that we have all this technology for precise insertion like we are told right. we know that we know that um craig ventner um created cells from scratch from dna mm-hmm. you know presumably and made things that could replicate to a certain number of of replications so I mean, can we create a cell wall? Can we create a nucleus? Can we create something that looks like a cell and can replicate to a degree? But when we see these hybrid, like, you know, which is this creepy stuff that came out, started coming out of China 20 some, 30 some years ago, like pigs with human faces. That's well, yeah, you can mix sperm and egg and you can do all this kind of stuff like we do in vitro fertilization, but that's not at the level of inserting a, series of genetic material okay that's at a much higher level of organization so maybe we can do that i think we can um so i think the the potential to make artificial species is there and that's bad enough well Um, they've they've said that they have robots that can reproduce so that's not even organic uh yeah 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 what's yeah exactly now that's scary too Maybe that explains Yuval Harari. I don't know. <laughs> I'm mean, sorry, <laughs> but he—he, he, I think he'd be proud of that. He said yeah, that. No, uh, I know. He thinks we should be robotic. Well, you know, he said that uh, the, uh, you know, we're they're going to become godlike, but only they're going to be even more grand than the God of the Bible because the God of the Bible can only create organic material, and they will be able to create inorganic material, which makes right. them far supersede. Uh, yeah. So he, I, he might well, be. And, and, you know, well, and you got me in touch with Jay Dyer, who I, you know, I've been a fan of Jay Dyer from a distance. He's going to be doing a speech at my event. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, it was really nice that, that, the for you to help me get him on. But, you know, I do believe that he's right about all this predictive programming. When, when you start looking at that. Mm. And so let's look at Westworld. I mean, I went back and I watched all the Matrix movies. I watched the old, the, the not the one with Yul Brenner, but the more recent, all the series of this latest Westworld uh, thing that came out a number of years ago and yep. watched every year's season until this, pro- and, and finished this last one. And what are they really showing you? They're showing you this making synthetic bodies that that bleed, that that actually, except for their, you know, synthetic superstructure, I mean, their, their in, I mean, their interior structure, they look every bit human. And one of my favorite lines from that is when one of the protagonists who's a robot is talking to her 
significant other who's a robot and she's explaining to him the way the real the way the world works she said you don't understand teddy is that there are people that look like us talk like us and walk like us but they're not us right. i thought that's i mean that's hysterical because it's the robot saying that not us not, <laughs> not us yeah. not the human saying it about the robot so yeah yeah i mean i don't know that we're not there you see that they're already the fact they're showing us that i suspect we're already there that that is what they claim. I mean, I, right. I feel like we we would do best to actually take them seriously, take them at their word. Right. I don't. I I know no, and 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 that's what I you know that's what I say when people want to talk about the data about these vaccines. That I, I tell them that's kind of old news, doc. You know, that's nobody cares about the data. You need to start looking at the character and the quality of the 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 group that's doing this to us. Yeah. These are the people that literally are putting a thousand cities, they're putting into a thousand cities, this statue of the the, the gate of the, the arch of, of Moloch, the arch of Baal. And that was for child sacrifice. It was yeah. you, one way in, one way out, you sacrificed the child and it was in the in Palmyra. So right. there's something that is much, much more, you know, higher level evil than we can possibly imagine that's going on here. And I don't know if you ever see... Um, I think it's called Azazel News on Telegram, but there's yeah. some very interesting stuff like about World War One, um, crazy stuff about all these ton this tunnel warfare. I, I the underground are, cities. Yeah. I believe we're in tunnel warfare. There is a war going on around us that we're not aware of. Most people are not aware of. But why are why did the military spend six hundred million dollars a year for the last how many years? Training for tunnel warfare, and I stumbled across a an hour long video. That I think it was from Azazel News on Telegram. It's an hour-long video of these guys, uh, an army major, discussing, you know, tunnel warfare from a practical standpoint, and talking about what's down there and how they do it, and it's unbelievable. So what's really going wow. on here? I think we have to we have to shift. We can't. We have to if we're going to win, it's not going to be because we defund we de you know, delineated the VAERS data. It's going to be because we wake up to the big picture of what's really going on here. And they're lying to us at every level of science and at every level about the way that really the world works. Yeah, you know? I think that's true. Uh, I mean, to the point I'm starting to give credence since we're talking about Westworld and all this stuff that Jay Dyer said about predictive programming, I'm starting to give credence. And I know it sounds batshit crazy if I can use that term on the show. <laughs> yeah. It just sounds crazy. But you know what? This idea that there are wizards, the, the, they call them wizards. Now, they're probably like scientists. I mean, we would call them, but that they're the blues wizards and the green wizards. Well, and the, like, yeah, the, the pharmacia with the sorcerer. Right. So, yeah. I mean, the, there's a group of people that are, are and, and, and how they practice alchemy. This, yeah, that's they're right. And how, and, and, how, and how do you, and there are all these black programs. And they've been running these things. In other words, you know, the stuff coming out about NASA, you know, and seeing all this obviously fake CGI stuff by NASA. <laughs> well, I'm not saying it doesn't mean we didn't went to the moon, but they're faking a bunch of stuff. What are they doing with the money that they would have used to actually go and do these things for real? Right. So my thinking And is even if, so sorry to interrupt you, but even if they really did, then why are they spending all this money to show us fake uh, exactly. images? 
It's why so are we clear still seeing that they're the pictures of the moon from the 1960s? We've had all these rovers. Why do we not see updated pictures, right? You right. still see these grainy old time telegram telephotos. I, you know, come on, guys. So the I, I give credit to all the all the the people out there, the digital warriors out there that are showing the fake pictures and showing all this yeah. because they're faking that. Well, how about faking genetics for the same reason? This is why I'm bringing this up. Yeah. You know, there t- if you fake NASA, not because you can't do it, but because once you've maybe done it once, and maybe you haven't, but let's say you've done it once, mm-hmm. now you just tell people you're out there and you're using all this money to do something that's even more evil underground. You're running all these, this, this you know, child trafficking, whatever it is, all the stuff that they might be doing under there. And they've got a whole nother, you know, breakaway, a breakaway society, a breakaway civilization, which we've right. talked about for a long time. And you could do genetics. They they have spent, I think the number is $30 billion a year in genetic research over the last 10 years or 15 years. And only 3% of it ever gets converted into any actual medical treatments. Now, I've talked to people in cancer research that uses this so-called RNA technology. It the, the animals don't survive. So that's not being used for actual therapy. One of here's another thing that makes you question about what's going on. When you when they I looked up, so one of the things that they do say is a success story, there's a is a genetic therapy of the eye. There's some genetic disease of the eye that causes blindness. I have to talk to Urso. He's an ophthalmologist, see what this is. But anyway, they, 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 they've got this genetic treatment. But each treatment costs between $800,000 and a million dollars. Now, that was in 2017. So, so let's assume that even if it got the cows down to $500,000, how are they giving this therapy to everybody on the planet to treat COVID? Okay, you see what I'm saying? There's there's a disconnect here just in the basic common, everything we're being told. The the science isn't ringing right. There's disconnects there. There's disconnects in the economy. I think there's a huge lie in that too. And I think that they're using that money again mm-hmm. for other purposes. We're, there's, a, there's a huge siphon of the world's wealth into some underground purpose and whatever that is that's where the real war is being fought we are just pawns on the surface i think i i think you're so right there's so much to address in I that mean, yeah. it goes everywhere yeah <laughs> yeah i have like all, all the different rabbit but... holes but but, uh, but i think the the really important thing that i i really just want to stress for people when you're talking about like you know whatever they're like like the the data you know for instance that's you know, like if we look at it in terms of dialectical warfare tactics, then that was like 10 attacks ago. They're already, you know, right. 10 ahead. So not to say that it's not important or that people shouldn't figure out. The, the reason it's important is to figure out what they can do to help the people who have been injured and harmed. That's right. You know, for that reason. And also for the infrastructure, because what's going to happen if the predictions do turn out to be true. So, you know, that in, in that sense, it's relevant, but it's not relevant to to play into their hands of just, you know, getting stuck in this back and forth about the data right. because then you're not you're losing sight of what's coming next and they've already right. they've already thrown those attacks of what's coming next well and so, how much does how much does a table of data mean when you're looking at basically 11 professional 10 or 11 professional soccer teams dead from the vaccines and nobody's and the doctors are saying it's sudden adult death syndrome right or my favorite was they tried to blame it on the referee's whistles are you kidding me that was one of the explanations <laughs> what athletes are dying on the field and because they're getting ch- or getting chest pain on the field because of the referee's whistles. 
Oh yeah. And another, here's another one. Women are, you know, women were having sex with men that were vaccinated and they were getting all this bad rashes and these um, yeah. like vulvar, you know, breakouts and pain and all this kind of stuff. And they called it winter vagina. They're making this stuff up. Sudden adult death syndrome. You can't, you can't believe this to try and now they're probably going to have a subcategory of sudden adult death syndrome is going to be, you know, sudden uh, Canadian doctor death syndrome because they've had 30 doctors now um jim thorpe dr thorpe said it was up to 30 it was started out at four and then it was six in one hospital and then it was 16 and now it's up to 30 and it may be higher than that now of these doctors because see the hospitals are overwhelmingly vaccinated and in canada yeah. they're now demanding the boosters okay and after they started the boosters you had these doctors dying in rapid succession young healthy one of them's a triathlete i know one of them was a big swimmer i mean these are not ill people Right. The idea that the vaccines, oh, yeah, we lose some of these old people all the time. That's not what's going on. And everybody needs to wake up. So I don't know what data makes a difference there. And people just need to open their eyes, look at look at the world around them. Um, there are too many. In one day, I got a call. I mean, it's always happens. I hear it almost daily now from somebody letting me know of some horror story of a relative or friend of theirs. You know, um, on one day, I got these two. 11-year-old dies in her bed. And um, another one was the pregnant woman in her 20s, friend of a friend, um, well, friend of one, one of my office staff, who uh, she took the vaccine, took a vaccine, a COVID vaccine, one week before delivery and had a stillborn baby. See, I mean, the, the numbers on pregnancy are so overwhelmingly bad. Staggering. And and that and then we knew that from, some of us knew that from the beginning. We said sure. that from the beginning, and they didn't they didn't pay attention. So, yeah, it's just yeah, it's it's really sad. Um, I wanted to ask you about like the the DNA because I you've talked a lot about the DNA war and right uh, right. So, I thought I had it figured out. Yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have, we had the answers, but, uh, or you're definitely starting to map it out for us. That, that's for sure. But it does seem like they're very interested in DNA, whatever that well, may be. I mean, I just it. saw today uh, yeah. an article, China's gathering DNA from across, from across Tibet, including kindergartners for crime prevention right. uh, you know so so, let's, seems... so so here's a thought i've had okay. a couple thoughts about this okay there's and there's also no question in my mind having treated a bunch of patients now for the what they, we call covid whatever that is right that that it, it does go along some genetic lines if you're a if, if you're a blood type you are mm -hmm. much more likely to have a bad out a bad course and be sick and call for help than you are if you're oh I, I mean that's mm -hmm. you know as a surgeon I and I don't have numbers to prove that but I can tell you everybody I've talked to that treats these people says that okay. and in my practice of surgery over because O is the most common blood type when I would ask people you know what's your blood type they would say O positive or they didn't know but it was always it was rare it was anything that but O positive in this when I started doing COVID and I don't do that now because it's kind of past but it's like I said I have other treatments to do but I, I would ask people that, you know, was sick with this. And I'd say, what's your blood type? And if they knew it, it was A. I mean, most often it was A. Or if it was in a household and the one of them was O and one of them was A, the sicker person was the A person. So there is something genetic here. 
And I have one question about this. You may know, I, I, I don't, I haven't been able to trace this, but I remember reading this somewhere once. And then of course I, I lost it never thought it was relevant. I just thought it was interesting, but now I can't find it anywhere. But saying that AB blood types were actually descendants of a different species than O. Well, I mean, we don't know. I mean, it's possible. Okay. One of the things, I think that's one of the big things that they did before they unleashed this. And it's still going on, like you just pointed out in Tibet. What, they went around the world and they gathered everybody's DNA. One, two, three, and me, you know, heritage, yeah. I mean, heredity, whatever.com. All, and they, and, and the Chinese caught us, guys from Harvard over there getting their DNA. Uh, yeah. The Russians caught us doing their DNA. I mean, we've been the, one of the major scavengers of DNA, but it's still going on. The yeah. Chinese did the Uyghurs. I mean, they've been, yeah. everybody's been trying to, and, and one time Oxford University came back and said, oh, the, we, we believe that the Americans can take out our prime minister and the, like the French premier and all that stuff, but not theirs. And, um, you know, like we have, we can individually target and they're talking about that. So again, I believe that's possible. So, how if we don't if we don't have the ability to really read the DNA like a ticker tape like they make a sound and we can't right. really do all that fancy stuff, how could this be true? Well, because once you have this, just like uh, Pernima talked about, this stuff goes down into an electromagnetic gel uh, matrix, then they could pick out you know things segment differently depend on their electrochemical properties sure. and spectroscopy. So now it's like a fingerprint. What we've been told is your DNA is a different electromagnetic signature than my DNA. And presumably, I'm going to just speculate, all white people from Europe's DNA is somehow got some electromagnetic characteristics that make them more similar than, say, Africans from Central Africa. I'm just guessing. I mean, right. that's what I believe is probably going on here. Now, let's now how well, that about would the, align with like frequency medicine theory. Exactly. And. Okay. and Let's say my ACE2 pathway, we could discern somehow this whole, that's just a protein that, that could, that, that is involved in blood pressure, but it's clearly involved in this takedown, whatever right. that, whatever did it, whether it's, whether it turns out to be a virus, whether it's electromagnetic weaponry, whatever it is, or, or a toxin, just a, a mm -hmm. contact poison could have done it. Mm -hmm. Some people are more susceptible to that than others. And that is again, a, a racial it's it's like certain groups of people and that's what we talk about the k26r bloodline well maybe it's just their ace2 pathway is more resistant to certain perturbations who knows and maybe it always has to have electromagnetic signature it's interesting like in my state the outbreaks of this disease really you can one of my friends mapped it the the little poofs of outbreaks of this went right down the interstate it was like poof a little farther down poof a little farther down poof what wow what does that say yeah okay. is it something that they're putting in the water no i don't think so we, you know, we, had, that, we had that all deal with ours yeah no i think it but it's contact poison could be and it sure. could be that some people are more susceptible than others i don't know so hmm. can i think the, the bottom line is we don't know how we're affecting the genetics i'll believe that we're, we we have a way of sorting people genetically right um we can we can do hybrid species we can probably hybridize humans we can probably genetically manipulate humans to some degree but i'm not sure they're doing it through any kind of precise little snipping and cutting and pasting i'm not sure that that's really what's happening here and it probably involves wavelength that's my bet i can't prove that that's my bet looking at all of it now wow 
What so do you I mean? still think it's a DNA war, kind of. Yeah, it's just but, that the what DNA so, is is slightly different. Well, and look at all that DNA that we say is junk. Okay, they used mm -hmm. for years, they called it junk DNA. Only a little bit of a DNA of the human do we actually know what it does. So there's a huge, like, this is like in Africa when we hadn't explored the interior of the continent. It's terra incognita. I mean, there's a huge part of this we don't even understand. But we, we can probably affect epigenetics. We now are learning about epigenetics, not just, you know, not yeah. just genetics, but the control, how, how your genome functions. And that might be where we're touching this. I don't know. I mean, this is, this is really, um, but it, but the, for certain, we've never been at this level of electromagnetic frequency passing through bodies ever. And it's not just affecting us, it's affecting the animals. Animals are getting, um, you know, fatty livers and weight, weight gain and prediabetes and the wild. You can't, Crazy. it's not because they're eating differently. I saw a, a study. It was so fascinating. And, uh, you know, I didn't look very closely at the numbers, so I, I can't report that. Unfortunately, I'll have to pull it up. But it was like showing, you know, over like the past, uh, you know, half a century, essentially, the the difference in uh, American caloric intake. And it was actually not very different. But the right. obesity rate has skyrocketed. It's like more than doubled. Yeah. So it's very interesting well, that... And Edison and um, Alexander Graham Bell both developed diabetes. Um, the, there's a country, and I keep forgetting to look this up. I can't remember if it was Sri Lanka. I, I think it's one of, I think it's like Nepal. It's one of these high up kind of isolated countries. And they were not electrified for a long, long time. You know, when much of the world was, they were kind of mm -hmm. left behind and some change in government. And in the 90s, when all this cellular stuff was coming out, they electrified the country. OK, I mean, they, they ran these cellular towers and they did all this stuff suddenly. Mm -hmm. And suddenly people started having diabetes to the point that that country was the number one increased rate of diabetes in the world. Now, they didn't suddenly overnight change their diet. This is the point. Yeah. Um, I, and I can't remember where I read that. I don't know if that was Arthur Furstenberg's book. I think it was it was either his book, The Invisible Rainbow, mm -hmm. or it was a paper I read about the telegraph telegraphers disease. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I've been reading about this electromagnetic stuff, but that was it. That's a real I mean, that's like it's it's like looking at the at the Pima Indians and, and trying to figure out why they have diabetes. Well, there's you know there's this they were on one diet and then they suddenly changed their diet okay we can mm -hmm. we can we can believe that one sure. so there's a lot of reasons to get diabetes but it may not be in american diet you're right and see we used to teach medical students i don't know if they do anymore canon's law of the body and canon's law of the body is the body responds to rate of change mm -hmm. so when you go into things slowly you have a chance of compensating Right. There's there's a great video that people could look up if they want to know how mitochondria makes energy. Harvard, they have a Harvard thing on electron transport chain video. It's really worth watching and you can yeah. see it. And it's, I'm, I'm going to say it, it shows how this can happen. So mm -hmm. I don't think we compensate initially and I don't think we ever compensate completely. So that's why over the last hundred years, our diabetes has gone up. You're right. It's not about it's not my parents weren't on a treadmill. My parents didn't eat any different than I did. Yeah. I'm having to be careful and keep active and doing all sorts of very, you know, I constantly are doing things to try and, yeah. you know, avoid EMF and do this and try and keep my weight down. They never thought about it. Okay. Right. 
They, in fact, they ate more ca carbs and they ate more stuff. But if you really look how electron transport work, it's not about just the, the sugar. Everybody has sugar molecules that drop into the system. Mm -hmm. But but if you're missing their transport chain, it's not worth it. And, and then, of course, we have a whole population that- The whole calcium, potassium, yeah, the, yeah. And the ele electron transport, yeah. So- mm -hmm. It's uh, and we're getting and and if you look at this, if you look at the outbreaks, like when we then when they claimed we had the H1N1, and we've had these you know periodic uh, big big outbreaks of flu or whatever, right? They've all course they've corresponded pretty well to either sunspots and and things like that, a sun a hot sun cycle, or to the implementation of cellular. Okay, when we first everybody started carrying a cell phone, that was the breakout of H1N1. When we first started, you know, every time we've done this, so this is 5G and we're having this thing. I don't know. Yeah, the correlation. Yeah, it is. It does look like there seems to be a, a timeline parallel. I actually tried to look that up in the beginning, like early 2020. Uh, there was like a timeline and it was really interesting because it wasn't just uh, electromagnetic uh, radiation and uh, disease, but it was also war. I think there's multiple factors in what can yeah. rolled out. Well, I think, I think that the wars somehow. Sure. I, I I think the wars were also to uh I, I think they were connected, but not necessarily to the disease. They were connected to <laughs> right, right. The, the, the machinations behind it. But but there was um what was his name? He was an uh, a Canadian it's something like Tipkin, I can't remember his name, but he was a Canadian astro astronomer that showed going back three hundred years that you could see that every time there was a big worldwide outbreak of influenza, which just yeah. means influence, it corresponded to sun cycles. And because, you know, the, the, we didn't have seasonal death from viruses, so-called viral disease season, mm -hmm. before the, we laid down the telegram lines in the 1850s. So this is something that's new since electrification. Wow. Right? I talked to Larry Polevsky. I said, okay, okay. You, uh, we were at a meeting together and Dr. Cowan had been speaking and everything. And I, I said, okay. I I'm with you. I'm on your side, guys. I get it. I, I'm on the no virus side, but explain to me the winter death season. Okay. Right. I get chicken pox. I, you can do that with electromagnetic signaling. I get this whole thing. What is the winter death season? And that's what he explained to me. And then I read Arthur Furstenberg's book. And the point is, is that in the winter, we don't have the sunlight. And, okay. and the other point, the other fact that people need to know is that your cell, your, your cells are little batteries. They need to be charged and they yeah. get charged from the sun. Not just from your food. They actually get direct charge. Yeah. So every day you should get sunlight. And yeah. If you don't Unfiltered. Winter, yeah. So in the summer, when you're out gardening as, or being outside like we were meant to be, right. then you are getting a lot more energy in than you do in the winter. So when you have all that energy in, you can work longer. You can stay up longer. You can have that. Yeah. But in the winter, when the sun goes down, our ancestors, they went down. But we're right. trying to artificially extend those days. So we have a mismatch of our energy in, energy out. And that's yeah. why we're getting sick. We're getting a negative energy deficit. And what does the charge in your cells do? It expels, it helps you expel toxins. Right. Keep in mind that the term virus in Latin means toxin. Toxins. So we're <laughs> think of the world as toxins and electromagnetic frequencies. And I think we'll be a lot better off. <laughs> so then what, where do you think that they're going next? What, what Do you have thoughts on that? Other than mass extermination, I mean, honestly, I think there's, I think the reason they don't care about mandates or masks or anything right now is because they're yeah. sitting back out, sitting back and, and counting coup, as the Native Americans said, they're just seeing how many people that are going to drop from this. And then they'll figure out the next thing to do. But I, I think that, but, but they're, but 
this is why I think we have a window of opportunity to take our world back. And everybody okay. needs to realize if you don't stand up now, yeah. um, you may not get another chance because once they put up all the 5G and, and like as we were talking off air about those those LED lights that are actually weaponizable technology. Yeah. Um, that's like having an AK-47 on all the lampposts and on every tree in the forest if they want to do it. Totally. You're not going to be able to escape it if they want to use directed energy weaponry. I think some of the stuff we're seeing, I think the stuff we saw in Nashville, I think we saw the, the thing on the Georgia Guidestones, you can call me crazy, but I don't think those, I don't think that looks like normal explosions, certainly not the one in Nashville. You can yeah. see if you really have the video of that you can see this blue plasma dome that kind of floated up. You know, I mean, that, there's it's something. And they right. definitely had crisis actors in that one. Oh yeah, I mean, they always so. do that. <laughs> Anybody that's not a parent paying attention with the crisis actors, maybe even 9/11. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. I had on one of the architects. You know, the the guy that founded architecture 9/11. Richard Gage. Yeah. Yeah, and he's great. He's fascinating, and and obviously it doesn't fit. Nobody, you know, the people, the bottom line, the reason we haven't looked at this stuff before is everybody was convinced it was all conspiracy theory and they didn't want to be laughed at. Yeah. They didn't want to be in this crowd of nutcases like me, right. you know? And so I didn't have a problem saying stuff or thinking about stuff, but the more I looked at it, the more real it looked. And the more I realized, you know, in science, you're supposed to look at what, if I have a theory, then everything should fit that theory. If you've got glaring things out here that don't fit the theory, you got to rethink your theory. Okay. Yeah. There are glaring things about all those things that don't fit. And so I, I think when you really look at them, yeah. um, we can't be afraid to to, to think differently about this. And what we know is we know we have directed energy weapons. And, and that's yeah. another thing is these, I don't think they expected us little human beings to, to actually pay attention like we are. I love these guys that I couldn't do it. They, they, but I love these guys that sit around on their computer and watch the skies through the, you know, through the uh, orbiting satellite and watch, watch the world at night, for example. Oh yeah. And so yeah. we had those, we had a, what was it? It was a, these, some of these fires. Okay. One of these guys looked at these weird fires in California where it would burn the house and leave the trees. You know What? It flip over cars. And then they'd go back in time and they'd look at these, these nighttime videos of the world rotating and they could see from the satellite imagery, these streaks of light that would go down. And they, like one of them went to the air force space, the spaceport in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. I think it was Louisiana. There's a spaceport. Maybe it's Alabama. There's right on the coast, southern coast. There was a big explosion, fire, or something in in like the spaceport, and or the the Air Force base. And that part of the Air Force base that was affected was the Space Command. And that thing, you could see it drop. Wow. So I don't, I I don't, I'm not, I don't, I think that there's there's high tech weaponry being used against humanity. And we are in a war and we are like in every war of humanity to date, we are the pawns in that war. But for once we have an opportunity here to not be as pawnish as we've been before mm -hmm. by knowledge, you know, for lack of yeah. knowledge, my people perish. And, and we need to share knowledge. We need to get the, you know, get our brains together. Bra human brains hooked together are still more powerful than any computer out there because we can think around the corners and, so I think we're going to, because we're, we're at the point of um, potential extinction level event and we got to take it back. And I think personally, I think we have people in the background helping us. I do think there are good guys and bad guys in the background. Yeah, I sides. think so too. 
I, yeah. I, I just don't think this, I don't think you can explain all what we're seeing without that. Now, yeah. I just hope we're winning. I hope the good yeah, guys are winning. Yeah. I just <laughs> I don't, don't support the, you know, like, well, the, the good guys have it, just sit back and trust the plan. But I think if there are, if there are evil forces, there are, there are light forces. So exactly. absolutely. I think both are at play. Um, and, I think and we and just think need to do our best to help the good. <laughs> that's right. And honestly, anybody that's actually looked at the Q drops, for example, they never said to just sit back and trust the plan. It was trust the plan, meaning don't panic. Mm -hmm. We are helping. We're here. But mm -hmm. you guys got it. But but you need to do your own research. You need to do your own thinking. That's what it constantly told you. Do your own research. Don't trust things just blindly. And that's what yeah. I think really is the message. Yeah. Trust, whatever you think is true. Ask yourself, how do you how do you know this? Why? Right. How do you know it's true? Yeah. How do you know vaccines work? How do you know Prove statin it. drugs work? If you're a doctor, please look at statin drugs. Are you aware of the 17 country study that showed it didn't make a difference? Watch how you're doing. If any doctor thinks statin, that they should give their patients statins, they should look at this thing from Harvard that shows what statins do in the body. They do a lot if, of if harm. You, they, if you know that it takes away the coenzyme Q10 of the basilar membrane and the mitochondria and you watch that video and you still give your people statin drugs, I'm sorry, your brain dead. I'm sorry, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go back to second year biochemistry in medical school. I, I, I have fought with so many people whose doctors told them to go and stand. And I'm like, whatever you do, do not do that. Just don't, don't. Yeah. I yeah. tell people, you have to make the decision. You could talk to your doctor, but you should have him watch this video because <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's basic biochemistry and we're right. not, and, and they're so distracted again. It's the distraction. Yes. So, yeah. So two things on that with the Q, I actually, this is just my belief. I do think it was co-opted. Um, and I think it was co-opted to be trust the plan, just like Operation Trust of 1921. You know, that was their whole MO. Um, so I think there were a lot of similarities to that. Do I think that that was necessarily what it had intended to be? No. And there was a lot of a lot of what they said actually turned out to be quite, you know, pointing in the right direction. So um, but I, the, and then the second thing is that. Yeah, since we are in a psychological warfare, I mean, that's part of the information warfare is that people need to, again, like you were talking about the term conspiracy theory, which, you know, I, I repeat this all the time, but it bears repeating that the CIA weaponized the term in 1957. Conspiracy theory, yeah. It was the document 1035-960. <laughs> oh, you got the document. Yeah. I keep it on my, I keep it on my computer. Do you? Yeah. yeah just so I don't think I'm crazy every once in a while. Uh, right? Just to to avert any attention to the Warren Commission. And interestingly enough, Tavistock weaponized the term isolationist. Uh, yep, because, I remember that. Right? In 1913, so that, you know, Wilson would get us into war. Um, but I think the new one that people need to be careful about is controlled opposition. Because... There you go. You can I, see I, the sling around. It just doesn't, and it and if and if you sling it, it can it can marginalize people. But yes, I think uh, again, not to this, say that it, it doesn't exist, and not right. I think there really is cognitive infiltration. There's counter intel pro. Those are real yeah. things, and there really are controlled oppositions. But I think to use that as a way of shutting down the conversation or discrediting the source instead of examining the information itself does a real disservice and puts us at a really big disadvantage. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, I think some, I, I think that, again, it, it's the, the, an infrared, that's the hardest part here is mm -hmm. the information war. That's why I put the matrix back up because it's so confusing and it's, it, it but it I, I, again, uh, if it, if it doesn't feel right, right, right. There, we have, we're human beings and we, mm -hmm. we have, we should have human instincts to some degree. Yeah. You know, look at, don't, don't be afraid to think, does it not, 
make your smell test. And then why doesn't it? What do you, what's not right here? Look right. at patterns, look at what's going on in general. And then how do we best win? That's the other, keep our eye on the ball. How do we win our lives back? Yes. Yeah. So if they're doing this, because uh, it does seem like they're doing some sort of DNA kind of harvesting. Uh, and I, I, I can't, obviously, I don't know why, but you know, my, based on past track record, it looks like they, they might be targeting people, you know, or yeah, groups of people so. with it. Yeah. So I, what, what I don't know. I just, do? well, yeah. Cause I'm kind of, I'm just looking at what happened and people were so blindsided, although I really feel like they shouldn't have been because this, you know, 2020 looked like if you knew anything about even just Nazi Germany, there were so many parallels that people should have been oh, a little yeah. bit, but a lot of people were just so blindsided. I don't want to be blindsided again. I want people to feel like they can kind of see things coming and do something about it. Right. So what do you do? I, here's the first thing I would say is um, don't work for the enemy. Okay. What, <laughs> what I can say for sure is they're not doing anything physical to bring this about. Okay. We are. Don't work for a drug company that's putting out poisonous things. Don't work for, don't be flying airplanes full of chemicals. Don't be putting up 5G towers. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I know these are good jobs, but it's your children that are dying too. They're going to die if we don't, if, mm -hmm. and they're already starting. So let's just stop this. You know, when you've got 50% of the big 10 players have myocarditis, that was brought to you by the same people you're working for. It's time to get out of there, guys. Okay. Yeah. So. So that's number one. Number two is be of good cheer and understand that we are really well-made beings. Once you understand the plan, you can mitigate the plan, okay? Mitigation for electromagnetic frequencies is key. Look into it. Um, there are many different ways of doing it. You don't have to block it like you do ionizing radiation. It's not the same. Don't let them tell you that. So it's not nonsense. The second, and the other thing is, once you believe that ultimately... The, the end game, why do, why, do, why do certain things work for all these different things? They work for what they would call viral disease. They work for poisons. They work because ultimately it does get down to electron transport and toxicity. And there's some common pathways. Mm -hmm. So um, I like, you know, I, I, the Grenons are in jail for even talking about this, but chlorine, people need to look into chlorine dioxide. I've got a little thing on my website about what this is all about. I've did a video for, uh, learning for you.com forward slash me, I guess, um, or .org. Maybe it is learning. It's the learning, the number four, Y O U forward slash or .org forward slash me, I think anyway, merit. But anyway, um, that's on the Sherry Tenpenny site. But the, but okay. that's a good thing because it doesn't matter what you're sick with. It helps. Okay. Mm -hmm. I take a bath in that every day. It's wonderful. Oh. And then and then the, the other thing is parasites. They've completely lied to us about parasites. And we're all riddled with parasites. Yeah. And when you're riddled with parasites, it makes you less able to withstand whatever they're doing. And then finally, don't take poisons. Don't poison yourself with their injections or their food, their food additives and all their junky food stuffs. Mm. And, um, and, and, and that's really, and, and just eat clean, get out in the sun, go back, you know, think about keeping your life simple, like getting back to the, 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 the sun cycle, live with the sun right. cycle, pay sure. attention to what has been artificially introduced. Think what your great, great, great grandfathers lived live by. And as much as possible, go back that harder for city dwellers, mm -hmm. but um, you're going to have to come to some 
understanding of that because they're going after the cities first. They're going to zorch the cities first. So um, the good news here is in World War II, 50% of the food that was generated for the as, as the food foodstuffs was in backyard gardens. So even people that live in cities can grow their own food, can yeah. do a lot. And I think that's where we are. And that's and then don't just sit around and wait for somebody to tell you what's going on. You better start seeking it out because they're hiding the truth on every level. And there are places like I love Telegram for education. I like I to too. interact on true social. It's a lot of fun. But if you want to learn things, you go on Telegram. And if you want to learn about the Tartarians, you can find out about the Tartarian architecture. Yeah. Um, you know, you can find out about uh, electromagnetic frequency stuff. You can find out about uh, underground, the underground war report every night. You know, it's really interesting stuff. And and you choose what you think is true or not. And but as you learn more, like learning is like putting together a, a puzzle. You mm -hmm. you might not understand the first few pieces. It may not make a mm -hmm. pattern, but at some point you're going to start as you as you read more and more, as you understand more and more, you're going to start saying, oh, that fits here. I know what that is. This is why this fits. That fits. Pretty soon, so true. A different picture of the world than you're seeing right now. And that's important. That's yeah. how we're going to survive this. Yeah. It's like a fractals only you're able to step outside of it and see how yeah. they, they make the picture. I yeah. Mean, ultimately, the ultimate question I have is what if we really are on a prison planet? Have you seen the new show that's called The Dome? I have not. I want you to think about that. I'll have to go, but I'm going to leave you, leave you. With yeah. Think about, okay. think about these people talking about the flat earth. Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah. People can laugh about that. But I, again, when you have a theory and something doesn't fit, you got to explain it. Why yeah. can we not explain with these long range telescopes now, mm -hmm. things are not disappearing over the. If the it's horizon. wrong, it should be easy to prove. Right. 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 <laughs> so either we're flat or this has got a huge curvature, much bigger than we, we think. Right. Or there's, or everyone's lying about these telescopic measurements. Okay. So sure. there's something wrong, but, yeah. but anyway, I saw this, this show the other night, it was called the dome and I don't okay. know, how I got, but I'm starting to watch TV because of Jay Dyer. And I'm saying, okay, well, what's that mean? What's <laughs> I'll that have to tell him. <laughs> and, and think about it. You know, I got to say, honestly, part of me thinks maybe this is, maybe we are all living through a human. We are quarantined on this planet until we figure out how to do the right thing and get ourselves out of here by getting back with God. I swear it's starting to look more and more like that to me. There's something very, this is biblical. I don't yeah. know. I, and I'm not. A well, the Bible thing, you know, my mom's not religious and she keeps saying she's like, but I, I can't disagree with you. It does look like it seems to be playing out. <laughs> so. I know. I, I, I'm kind of laughing. I said this to my husband the other day. I said, you know what? I came into this as the science person, not so much the biblical person. <laughs> and I go down and I speak to these religious groups that, you know, like the Liberty pastors that are teaching pastors to speak the world's liberty. And I said, but I'm the one that's saying, no, 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 it's not about the bears. You need to understand these people. It's, they, they worship Moloch. I feel you. I, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I yeah. gotta go. You're going to go. You. I, I have one really quick question for you. Um, there are people who've asked me, they, uh, like, you know, alternative health kind of doctors who want to know how they can build some sort yeah. of network. I would, I would go to aapsonline.org. They have okay. cash doctors. Oh, I really have to go though. Unfortunately, yep. I'm going to let you go. Uh, yep. Thank you. I'll send everybody I'll the medicalrebel.com. Uh, Thank you so much. We'll be in touch. All right. Sure. Bye.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.